shit 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 show it's a fucking shit show welcome back to shit show saturday shit show saturday folks uh so today you're gonna get to hear from a bunch of shit shows this is a recording from last night's support group this community is the shit i feel i truly i get choked up when i think about it like i feel so incredibly honored to have all these like like such amazing people in my life that um I just feel so honored you guys are so amazing this community is unlike anything I have ever experienced before the level of vulnerability and authenticity and bravery and just the ability to share shit that is so scary to share, but we all feel so safe sharing it. And that is why being part of a community as it relates to adult child healing is so damn important because it just takes away a huge layer of that shame to be able to have a safe space, to share the shit that we don't want to share with anybody and be loved and accepted and understood. And yeah, I just I just feel like the luckiest the luckiest gal in the world to have um I mean, I would say created it, but tr- it truly does feel like so much larger than me. Um I couldn't have I couldn't have created this like on my own. And it's so clear to me that, you know, God, the universe hand was so heavily involved here. So I'm just saying like, maybe you might want to join this group because (laughs) the universe played a pretty big role in creating this for you that you've been wanting to join. Please just give us a shot. Like we are here. We are waiting for you. We want to love you. We want to support you. We want to let you know that like you don't have to feel that deep layer of shame. So how about you damn the join shit show? See the show notes for a link to join. Again, we have three groups a week. Um, They are on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Thursdays at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. That's p.m. And then Sundays at... 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. We also have a a loving parent guidebook on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. There also is a, and you'll hear Andrew, or sorry, I just said his name, but I don't think he gives a shit. Um, You'll hear Andrew share about the, the CSA group that we've created within this. So that's for, you know, childhood sexual abuse survivors so there is a, a small community within the community that's been built for that. And they have a group, um, I think it's every Wednesday. And there is some really powerful, powerful healing that is going on within there. There's all these different various discussion boards and group chats. So there's you know a place for, for parenting and for people who are going through divorces and for people who are dealing with narcissists. And so uh, whatever your your thing is, whatever it is that you're looking to get support for, I promise you that there's somebody in this community who can relate, who has been there and who is um, willing and would love to be a friend to you. So 
How about you damn the joint shit show? Thank you, love you all. They say that I should damn the joint shit show. They say that that's where people go to heal. They say that I'll feel seen and heard like I have never felt before. So I'm going to damn the joint right now. I'm feeling very vulnerable. I feel like getting to the core beliefs stuff. Um, I've gotten to a core belief that about myself that I'm really afraid of. And I'm just trying to embrace it. You know, like, I feel like the core beliefs of unworthy and all that are a little bit easier for me to deal with. But the the one that I'm really struggling with is the fact that I really think I'm a dangerous person deep down because of how I was raised and what I went through. Like, the reality is that I'm, like, deeply afraid that I'm harmful um, to other people. Like, I thought before having kids, I had this, like, protective defense mechanism that I was, like, this fierce protector and that, like, I would protect my kids. But, like, as soon as I had children, that fear, like, bubbled up in me all the time and I double down on my protection like I'm a protector and then once I started doing this kind of work and realizing that I I was acting like my mom who's very narcissistic and very harmful and damaging all of a sudden it like scared the shit out of me that I was exactly like her so then I went into even more defense because I'm like oh I'm not like her that led me to really developing a serious drinking problem because I couldn't handle that reality. But then, like now that I'm sober and I'm I have clarity, like I can I can um, handle the fact that I'm just even if I even if I am just like her, like okay. But what I can't face is that like I I feel because I was abused as a kid and because all I was raised by was a narcissist and I have nothing else to go on. I have no roadmap. I have no example. And I'm like raising children. You know, my oldest is almost nine years old. And I just feel like deep down in my bones, I'm going to hurt this kid. This kid's going to need therapy because of me. Like, I don't, this kid deserves better than me. I feel like every move I'm making is dangerous. Like, I don't know how to feel like a, a good enough mom. Like, I know I'm not dangerous because of the fact I'm even saying this out loud. But, like, deep down, that's what I really think. Like, I really think, like, I question. Like, people will always be like, why are you questioning your parenting, like, so much? It's, like, almost pathological. And I think it's because, like, I really believe, like, I'm going to fuck this kid up. And, um... So I don't know. That's just like the lesson I'm learning, I guess. And I can just go into it and go from there. I don't have to be afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not drinking it away. I'm not doing this thing. So the next step, I guess, is just facing it. So thanks for letting me share it. It was um, hard to say out loud, but thank you. Yeah, that whole thing at the beginning with the what are you grateful for got me tonight because it's, I feel like it, I can either answer that question with a bunch of random shit that 
I've said before, like grateful for this, grateful for that, grateful for this. And it's just like stock answers that I go to. And then tonight it, my mind was just filled with like things that I was like not grateful for. And after listening to everybody's shares, I think that's turned into just realizing that I'm so grateful for the power of community and its ability to help me understand what a family should be like. And I mean, these, these topics too, um, I mean, shame and emotions. I think I'm starting to realize what's happening in my life with these emotions because I feel like every emotion that was programmed into me to be negative, like fear, sadness, anger, like my body interprets all of that and turns it into shame. And the simplicity behind why that is, is just mind blowing how it's so hard to come up with this. It's like, okay, so every time you experienced that in your early years, you were just shamed by the people that were supposed to love you. And having that thought made me think about the whole gratitude thing. I don't know how many times I heard my mom or my dad manipulate me by saying things like, you should be grateful for blank. You should be grateful for blank. You should be grateful for how much we're doing for you and all. It's like more shame. I mean, it, I know I shared on this in the chat, but like I've cut my family off from my social media just because I have this lurking feeling that I'm just fucking constantly being watched and ready to have anything that I ever post used against me, whether it's good or bad, it's already happened multiple times. And before, like I could even finish blocking everybody, I was already receiving messages calling me names from like family members that I don't even have relationships with that just proves the toxicity of the gossip and the manipulation and how much I've talked about. Um, I had a 24-year-old nephew called me a coward. Like, I haven't talked to this kid in months. Probably said just a few sentences to him in my whole life. And I just want to recognize tonight, like, it's like at first it brought these feelings of shame, but it's like, it's just I'm hurt. I'm hurt because I've lived my entire life, like, trying to approval of all these people. And as soon as I finally start to figure out who I am and what I like and start to like myself, they attack. They attack and want to fucking push me back into this just black hole of misery that they live in. And anybody that wants to challenge that world is going to be attacked with every amount of force that they can come up with. And that is not a family to me anymore. And I'm ready to start building a new family with my own definition to it. And that is letting people be who they are and not trying to control them. And it's gonna be a lot easier, I think. So thank you everybody for your shares. It's great to have your support and uh, yeah, love you guys. It's been a uh, hell of a day. I've talked to hundreds of people today at a trade show so talk all day long um what you said in the beginning before the one minute moment of silence 
is to think of something that you're grateful for, which brought me to tears during that one minute of silence. It always hurts us survivors of trauma when someone says something nice, like, you know, think of, think of something you're grateful for. And today I went to my sister-in-law's grandmother's uh, funeral visitation. And I observed everybody. She has a big, big, huge family. And I saw what family was in, in its true heart and coming together. And they were celebrating her life of 96 years. And then I saw my sister-in-law and how she introduced me, right? That I'm her brother-in-law, right? I actually finally have a sister, you know, a person that, um, you know, it's this family that I never really did have when I was growing up. And then the second thought was the other thing that I was grateful for was, is the community that we built upon here on this platform and the community of CSA survivors, because that healing that's happening over there um is so tremendous people have no clue what the healing is i mean from shedding tears to being so vulnerable where you're pouring your heart out to people <clears throat> across the united states and world on this bloody zoom thing here that you put together andrea and that's <laughs> You know, this is what we have. And it's it's more for um, to make us feel worthy. That's all this is, is we're, we're, we're here to be here and, and have that compassion for ourselves. And that's what this has taught me, is to love myself a little bit more every day. So that's what makes all this worth it. Keep showing up. Hello. I fought the urge to put my hand down at least four times. Um, this is hard for me to say or admit, which is why I needed to keep my hand up. I am traveling and in hotels, they have the really nice backlit mirrors that illuminate every pore on your face and all that blessing and a curse but I was walking by it yesterday after work and my inner critic started talking to me when are you gonna lose that five pounds because I'm the heaviest I've ever been which is not even heavy <laughs> um oh you still have all that acne on your face or on your back when are you gonna be perfect when are you gonna be deserving of love and I, I really paused and I was like, who designed you? Who made you? These aren't my words. I hear them every day, but they're not mine. And it occurred to me like two things, two pieces of a puzzle that I always knew were there, but I didn't really know connected. Like my dad told me very frequently when I was being inconvenient, AKA having feelings 
like right now I even feel the need to shut the fuck up that um that I was just like my mom and he used to shame me like that he taught me to hate her and she was overweight so now I judge myself for it anytime I look anything remotely like her I just I judge myself for it and my inner critic is such a lint roller for all of that bullshit and it just gets repeated back to you it only picks up garbage and you know man for years I have been judging myself about how I look and how I could be more perfect and how I could not look like her because it was shameful to be like her and it occurred to me yesterday while I was looking in the mirror I was like you know what I am like her and the parts of me that I have always loved my dad taught me to hate my dad taught me to hate myself that's what I realized yesterday and that's so hard to sit with my dad taught me to hate the parts of me that I loved the most how do you reconcile that with your inner child how do you reconcile that with your teenager who is still fucking pissed? How do you even begin to make amends for something like that? I'm not even the one who needs to be making amends. It's, I can't believe I just, I'm still struggling with this stuff. It, they're not, it's not news to me. It's just so tiring. It's so tiring. I don't know if y'all can relate, but man, working through this stuff, I'm just always tired and I judge myself for being tired and not having energy to do things. I feel like other people look at me and judge me for not having the energy to do things and I'm doing my best and it just never feels like enough. The truth of the matter, my dear shit shows, is that there is a huge overlap in those of us who grew up in a dysfunctional family and those of us who are suffering from ADHD. I myself got diagnosed with ADHD about a year ago, and getting this diagnosis and treating this diagnosis has made such a difference in my productivity and getting shit done. Now, let me tell you about Done. Done is an online ADHD care platform where you can get all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, one-click refills, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy copays as low as $0. Visit get.donefirst.com slash podcast to learn more. Again, that is get.donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn ADHD into your strength. Thanks for listening to me. Wait, oh my gosh, my heart's like beating like crazy. I feel like I'm having one of those like the flight response. Um, but I guess maybe that means I'm doing something right. Uh, some of those early shares really got me. I was like sobbing. Um, just the whole like idea of you know, thinking you're a dangerous person and stuff really, you know, that really, that really hit home with me too. I think that's a big part of like my identity that I've been kind of 
working through lately. Um, so uh, I've been married about a year and a half ish now, and I we had a miscarriage earlier this year, um, January or so, and I was really I was relieved <laughs> when it happened because I thought like I I was relieved and also embarrassed that I was relieved because I don't know that I didn't think that I was meant to be a mother and didn't deserve to be a mother and so I guess with the miscarriage it was like sort of validating for me that it was like okay well this just wasn't meant to happen this isn't you know in the cards for me and so I've just been that felt like it really reinforced that belief of mine that like I don't I don't deserve love and I'm not like capable um but then um sorry (laughs) jeez I'm a mess um so my my sister announced like a few weeks after my miscarriage that she was expecting her second and it was just such a you know, I was excited for her, but it felt like such a slap in the face. Um, but then again, reinforcing those beliefs, like, oh, she's deserving of good things, and she gets this, and this is just what I get. I get breadcrumbs, <laughs> right? Just getting scraps. And so this whole year has been wrestling with that and trying to be supportive of her, while also kind of working on myself um I just still feel to some degree that like I'm not like I can't have kids I shouldn't have kids because I would be the worst mom in the world like I'm so fucked up that like how would I manage um and like it goes back to the childhood trauma from when things were really fucked up in my family it was like in high school and my sister who's it's older than me and she's the oldest out of us kids so she took on that like mother mother role um and me being the second it was a little bit easier for me to sort of you know insulate myself from it I had my own ways of responding to the trauma and the things that were happening and then I like you know moved away from my hometown and like thank God, far, far away from all that nonsense. My sister still lives, you know, near my parents. So she's sort of inundated with it all the time. And now, um, to me, it just feels like, oh, well, <laughs> she did the right thing, right? Like she she was the mother and she was responsible and she took care of everyone. She took on all this trauma and like, I just ran away from it. And that makes me a shit person for like, not, helping you know take care of my brothers more or like responding to my parents when they came home super drunk or like driving my brothers to school because my parents couldn't so just feeling a lot of shame and guilt around those years and trying to figure out like how to have compassion for myself now and knowing that it's not (laughs) it's just a miscarriage not that it's just miscarriage, but just that it has nothing to do with the circumstances of the trauma and they're not related. And 
just because I have this logical brain that's always looking for data points and connecting things that that's not real. And I guess I'm saddened by that. The fact that it, you know, it becomes this like competition between my sister and myself, but it's all in my head. And that's just me needing to work through my own trauma and my own responses to the trauma, which were valid. And just because I had a different response doesn't mean I'm any less of a person than she is. And one day, my husband and I will have a little one, maybe, and figure that out when we get here. And so I'm doing the work now so that I can be, you know, be there when that time comes, hopefully. So I like what um, I think, Andrew, you ended on just saying, love myself a little more every day. I've always said that to my husband, like, I oh, I, I try really hard to love you a little more every day. And now I'm like, oh, I could do that myself too. I think I'll take that. I want that on a bumper sticker. Anyways, thanks for listening. Sorry for the being a blubber mess. <laughs> hey, y'all. Uh, also with the theme of everyone else, I didn't want to put my hand up uh, in my head all the time when I go to my AA meetings. Uh, I want to make sure everyone else has space to share because it's really important that everyone else has space to share and do that and be seen and heard. But like when it comes to me, like not so much. Uh, so I wait to the end till the pressure builds and then I wait until the, you know, the three minute mark when they're like any burning desires. And I'm like, well, it's not a burning desire. Just wait until the end. And this happens week after week after week. Um, and I realize it's one of those things that like broken thinking where you do it every week to get the same result, even though you want to change, but you can't change. Uh, I just am really unmanageable and I, I'm not good at this. I used to be my first two years of sobriety. I was like way better at actually sharing. And now it's really hard because I, I, I don't think anyone gives a shit and that's not from you guys that's a why does it matter why does it matter what I say it doesn't like it doesn't change anything it doesn't change where I'm at it doesn't change anything I told y'all like I uh I ended a, my uh, relationship last week uh, after like eight months and it was good it was really healthy uh my sex and love addicts program like I felt good about it it was on my um I was doing top lines I wasn't skipping meetings I got to bring myself but I started like closing off of it and realized it wasn't right I am proud of the fact that like what took me like two months usually would have taken me like two years. Like I would still be dating, I don't know, 12 months from now, but I didn't do that. I like, I took action and I'm actually really proud of that now that I say that. But um, the biggest thing on my mind there is I really want to like focus on like my healing and where I'm at. And like it said tonight, like figuring out what the lesson is and all that I can fucking think about is telling my mom about this because she called and now I know that I need to tell her. And I don't get to just say like, hey, it ended, things didn't work out, the end. I learned my codependency from her. Like I learned all of this generational trauma from her. They were great. They loved me. God love her. She's fucking psychotic. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to live like this. I need to change. But I don't know how. And I've gotten better at it. And I, I know I'm growing and healing. Um, they lived here in Colorado for a couple of years. And they moved back to California. And so now... She calls every two weeks and every single time it's like, oh, remember us? We missed you. Why don't you call anymore? And it harkens back to this old time when I was close to her, aka codependent, when I when I needed her, when I needed a mom to call when my boyfriend broke up with me and I was really sad and I was broken and I didn't know who to go to. Like I came to her because I didn't have anyone else, but 
but I've learned how to make my own family. I've learned how to make safe people. And that's here in the space. And I don't know what to do and set boundaries by saying like, this is what happened. And this is the end. I don't know what to say. I don't know what, how, how do I say like, I'd rather call you like every two weeks, like that works for me. Um, I can't, I can't say that people that are like, just set it back, just do it. I'm like, it ruins the family. It just ruins everything. It ruins her peace of mind. And I have to take care of her. And I hate that because that's the like uh, essence of codependency. And I don't want to do that shit anymore. Um, but I don't know what to say. I really don't. I was trying to figure out like, do I post in the chat? Like, what would people say? Cause I really would love some help trying to find a non-codependent way to set a boundary without fucking blowing everything up that's what it feels like i don't even get to focus on me and my hurt in this all i'm thinking about is taking care of her um that sucks i appreciate the the call to gratitude so as a, in the shit show group um julie and i are celebrating a you know a big wedding anniversary and just this week listening on wednesday to the interview with the uh cult person the person who has the uh little bit culty podcast and who escaped that uh, Nexium cult and I'm a cult survivor and so in my gratitude time I was thinking so the the cult I was part of was uh, it was a Christian cult in college uh, it was a community that received me and, and really provided a lot of what I needed in structure especially coming out of the drug culture because I was uh, fresh out of the drug culture, I had a spiritual experience, uh, entered into that group and found a lot of good things, but you know, this thing had gotten weird. There was a lot of control and uh, it got to the point where, you know, you had to make this similar to what the person was sharing, you made decisions by running them past someone else who was in charge of like five people. And there was a lot of control and, they just, you know, they did it out of the idea was safety, you know, to keep you from, you know, going off track and you couldn't be responsible for making your own adult decisions. And it was really sick. And um, some of the people, you know, married the wrong people. Some people dropped out of college. Some people, their their whole course of their lives was um, was redirected in an unhealthy way. And I was able to escape all that. And so feeling a lot of gratitude when she talked about waking up, you know, and how that was like the biggest place of, um, in a way, trauma, because my whole support system was gone. I had, a, I had to completely cut myself off from that group where I was finding so much help because it was sick. And um, so it's, my point is that, that I'm, you know, I'm in another program with substance use could could kill me you know so my vulnerabilities because if I don't deal with my my inner life and do the kind of work that this program suggests I do um uh, it's life-saving you know it could have draws drags people into cults it 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 could lead to me picking up substances again it, so you know my higher power who I call God is has brought me to this place where, you know, even though I've been in recovery a long time, and even though I'm older, and why bother working on myself at my age, that, you know, this is what God wants me to do, he wants me to still work on myself, and it's, and it's a place of safety, 
And if I'm not growing, if you know the the downward pull of of what my past and things, if I leave them unattended, could drag me someplace I don't, you know, an unhealthy place. The other thing I wanted to share based on the reading is, you know, I've um, give a lot of props to Brene Brown is really somebody who I encountered probably early in before she was really famous. I saw her TED talk and stuff and her study of shame and how, how God has brought me through doing this inner work. And, and now even more with this, with this group and ACA uh, to deal with issues of shame and, and abandonment. My abandonment was more, was, was not cruel. It was just my parents. I had one sick parent and another, and my mom who had to be away to work. And so I was, you know, I was left unattended as a, as a child and as a teen for the most part. And um, that's the place I'm going back and healing. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for all of you that we can come here and just share our, the incomplete work of our recovery and just be honest with each other. And even just most of the time I just listen, but even just listening just gives me so much hope because I just hear, hear how people are growing and people who have been here for a while, just seeing how much, you know, this helps to just share with one another. So thanks for listening. Hey guys. I'm grateful to be here with you guys. Um, there were a lot of heartfelt things said tonight that I I resonated with and that I resonate with. Everything from feeling like a dangerous person and to that you must have done something wrong so your sister gets the good things and you don't. Um, I I had uh, a couple things come to mind this week. I I shared last time how I was struggling with with my relationship with my oldest son, and I I was reflecting after that, and uh, I had a couple of realizations, and one of them was I have these these conflicting feelings or these contradictory feelings that that I that I stra that I grapple with and and one is this this uh this guilt that you know to spend not guilt but like I want to spend time you know with my kids and then when I get the time to spend I'm also struggling with a deep longing or a deep desire to be left alone a deep desire to just hide and uh and sometimes it makes it hard to to connect um because I feel like I wanted to be left alone as a little girl I needed to perform and be on stage in order to be seen and now as a mother this was a really hard realization for me because I long for that. And, and I, for the most part, like I am living a lot of the promises, like my relationships have improved in, incredibly, but just even to be able to say this, to see this, that there's a part of me that just 
wants to be left alone. You know, it's painful. Um, so I've been dealing with that. And then I'm also struggling with, I, I grappled a lot this year back and forth about changing jobs. And I stayed in my old job. And there's some things that have come up within the school year already that I just don't know. Like, like I just feel like they're working the dog shit out of me and I don't have any time to breathe. Um, so there's a deep fear there that like I made the wrong choice. And that was also a theme growing up throughout was like Nicole can't be trusted to make her own decisions. And so I when I make a decision and I'm going through with it, I overanalyze the shit out of it or I just find, you know, I I don't know necessarily what to do at this point. I my boss doesn't seem like somebody that I can talk to about this at all. It's just like last year I'd have a prep like once a day and this year I'm like I might get five minutes at, in a three-hour period to go run to the bathroom. And I'm just like, so, um, and then there was something else that, like, I sometimes, too, struggle with feelings of overwhelming feelings of shame about past times in my life and, like, if people really knew who I was, that they wouldn't, that they wouldn't be friends with me or they wouldn't um, be, uh, they wouldn't associate with me. And so um, I was thinking about that. I don't know where it really came from on, I guess it's all came on Sunday, but, you know, I was also in a lifestyle of like, like a really dangerous situation and I'm I'm grateful that I got out of it you know because the person that I was with is isn't is no longer here you know he's dead but I just think back to like the life that I used to lead and sometimes like I'm overwhelmed with feelings of shame of the person that I the different variations of me I guess and uh anyway um I think that's it Thanks for letting me share.